Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thank you so much for being here with me. I hope that you are enjoying the first couple of weeks of Venus retrograde and that they've been good to you. And I also want to wish you a happy Gemini new moon, which is coming up this weekend on Friday. And that is what we are going to talk about in today's episode. I really want to talk about the energy of the Gemini new moon and how we can work with it and also how we can work with the next four week moon cycle in order to manifest the lives that we want. So first of all, Gemini is an extremely relational sign of the zodiac. And in fact, it's the first sign sequentially where we develop an awareness of the existence of other people and the awareness of environment and place and also where we develop the understanding of relationships and communication. And that's because Gemini, if we think of the signs of the zodiac as uh, corresponding to the stages of human development, Aries can be thought of as the infant of the zodiac, completely self oriented and essentially oblivious to other people. Taurus can be thought of as the baby of the zodiac, which is to say that during Taurus season and within the Taurus moon cycle, we talk about themes such as security and comfort and safety, health, um, basic root chakra survival instincts and priorities. We also talk about themes such as sensuality, and that's because the awareness that we develop in Taurus of our physical body is closely associated with how we can make the most of our time in a body, how we can make that even feel really good. And Gemini is not the um, infant or the baby, but the toddler slash adolescent of the Zodiac. So Gemini is all about learning that we can speak, we can form relationships, we can communicate our thoughts and our desires and our needs and our ideas. And we are constantly, in fact, relating to our environment and to the people in it. And if we become more intentional about that process, we can experience much greater joy. So the Gemini new moon is a really powerful time to set any intentions around enhancing your communication skills. And now this can mean clarifying and um, lifting or easing miscommunication between you and someone particular in your life that maybe you struggle to get along with or communicate with in a clear way, such as your boss or a coworker or a family member maybe. This is a really good time to just ease the pathway of communication between the two of you. Or maybe there's not someone specific. Maybe you just want to up-level your communication skills and your social skills. And this is a really powerful time to do that. And this is also a good time in general to think about enhancing your charm and your charisma. And a really good way to do that I've been noticing and and thinking about and practicing is by learning to ask really effective questions. And this is kind of a superpower that all Geminis have. And they're naturally and innately curious people, Geminis are. And when I say Gemini people, I do mean Gemini rising people, Gemini moon people, or Gemini sun people. They all have a really natural um, social presence and a social grace and charisma and magnetism that comes from the fact that they're generally really curious about people and that makes people feel good people like to feel 
that they're interesting. And Geminis always make the person that they're talking to feel interesting and not judged. And I actually just heard a really smart quote by this amazing woman whose name I'm forgetting. Um, it was on a interview from Colin Bedell. It was on his Instagram. He's an astrologer, by the way, an amazing astrologer. And he was interviewing, he's actually himself a Gemini, by the way. And he was interviewing this woman who is a sex and relationship, and I think also a family therapist. And her specialty and the, um, the topic, I guess, that she did her thesis on is helping survivors of trauma re-engage, specifically sexual trauma, sexual assault, re-engage with erotic pleasure. And I think that's really powerful because there's not a lot of literature or discussion on that topic um, in the medical community. So I think that's really powerful that she's taking that on and speaking out about that and doing lots of research on it. And one of the questions that he asked her in this interview is what her professional advice was if we are in the presence of somebody, regardless of what our relationship is to them, and they reveal to us that they are a survivor of trauma, any sort of trauma, um, what is her professional advice as to how we should respond to make them feel comfortable and heard and supported? And her advice I actually found to be really surprising was to ask questions. And she said that the reason why asking questions in that kind of a situation is so powerful is because when we're asking questions, that means that we're inherently not in judgment. And so this applies to many different areas of life. When we're in a mode where we're accessing our curiosity, which by the way, we can all do, um, curiosity is much like creativity. It's something that we all have the ability to tap into. It seems to be something that, again, like creativity, some people seem to have uh, more effective access to at will or on command, but it is something that we all have. We're all innately curious beings, but some of us just seem to be, as I said, quicker at sort of tapping into that at will. But when we're in curiosity and when we're asking questions and when we are inquisitive about someone and their experience we're inherently not judging them. And so this is a really powerful way to make connections and, as I said, to enhance our personal magnetism and our social presence. And that's very Gemini. And this is kind of my intention, by the way. This is why I'm sharing this with you. This is my intention, intention for the Gemini um, moon cycle, to become overall just a less judgmental person. Not that I think I'm especially judgmental, but I think that everyone could stand to be less judgmental and more more curious because curiosity is a really attractive quality and it's a quality that feels good to embody and it's a very Gemini piece of wisdom. So that's the energy that I'm working with. But honestly, there's so many different communication skills that you can seek to sharpen for yourself throughout the course of the Gemini moon cycle. Maybe for example, you want to become a more effective listener or maybe you want to become more comfortable expressing yourself authentically. Maybe you want to speak more frequently. Maybe you don't want to be as quiet. Maybe you want to just sort of fearlessly claim the floor in conversation. Or it's not just about verbal communication as well. We can also think with the Gemini new moon and the Gemini moon cycle about the energy that we are bringing to a space. Because that's still communication and self-expression from the clothing that we're wearing and what that says about us and adds to a space, 
to the energy that we're entering a room with and how we're contributing to the ecosystem of a room. And by the way, Gemini is really not about having any sort of a larger awareness of our role in humanity as a collective, because that's much later on in the Zodiac with Aquarius. In Gemini, we're really just talking about literal spatial awareness, being aware of our environment and the people in it and how we are engaging with those and, and that environment. And so these are really powerful things to think about during the Gemini new moon and the Gemini moon cycle, especially because we are stationed in place. And so we're not really exposing ourselves to a lot of different people in a lot of different environments, um, other than obviously just home, work, if you are an essential worker. And then all of our essential errands, like the grocery store, gas station. But what's really interesting is that even though your changes of scenery are um, few and far between, you are still contributing something to the spaces that you enter, even from behind your face mask. And so this is really powerful to think about now is, is what energy you do bring to a space when you enter it. And again, that can be a combination of the way that you communicate and speak, the way that you are dressing, the way that you are conducting your physical body and using body language to um, convey messages to the people around you. It can also be the energy that you're holding on to and um, the way that you contribute emotionally and energetically and psychically to a space. These are all really powerful things to take responsibility for and to up-level if we choose during the Gemini um, new moon and the Gemini moon cycle. It's a really powerful time to set any and all intentions around communication, social ease, social grace, and um, conversation and connection. Now, just to clarify, Gemini is not really a great moon cycle or new moon to conduct spell work around really deep, gooey, intimate, romantic, sensual, soulmate, twin flame connections. Because that's, again, later in the zodiac with um, the Scorpio new moon or even Cancer, the Cancer new moon in a month is a good time to focus on that type of connection. But really with the Gemini new moon, we're not talking about connecting in a super intimate soul-to-soul deep dive kind of way. We're really just talking literally about getting to know people, having a conversation with them, being in somewhat superficial connection with them. And so the Gemini new moon is one of the best two new moons of the entire year the other being the new moon in Aquarius, to manifest new friendships and to set intentions around widening your social circle. And that's why at the very beginning of this episode, I um, mentioned that, actually, did I mention? I don't think I did. I think I imagined it. Um, well, I'm just going to let you know now that I've gotten a lot of questions about whether or not it's okay to um, conduct spell work during this time? And the answer to that question is that absolutely it's okay. Absolutely it's okay. And even though there's a lot going on right now in the world, we are still magical beings and we're still creating our reality. And so um, absolutely work your magic and do so confidently because you're going to see results. And even with something like this, where you would think it would be almost dependent on going out, being in the world, such as, you know, spell work dedicated to manifesting new friendships and widening your friendship circle. Not the case. And I do think that even though we are sheltered in place, you're literally going to notice that you feel differently. You feel more magnetic to other people. You might notice that 
a lot of people are texting you that you haven't heard from in a while. You might get some fun um, friend requests on Facebook or follows on Instagram from people wanting to connect with you. It's going to happen. It just might happen virtually or maybe it will happen later on too when eventually we are out in the world again. You'll just notice that you're really magnetic. But I do think that the universe is really magical and you are going to instantly feel and sense um, a change when you conduct spell work. Even as I said, if it's something that seems to be dependent on being out in the world, being a presence in the real flesh and blood world, um, not so. I think that even conducting spell work such as manifesting new friends will prove to be fruitful during our shelter in place period for however much longer this lasts. So that's something to um, consider is whether or not that's spell work that you're interested in conducting. And in addition to manifesting new friends and, and widening your friendship circle and manifesting a rich, more full and satisfying social life, this is also just a good time to manifest more connections and more contacts. And if you're not necessarily a practicing witch who enjoys elaborate ritual and spell work, a really good way to manifest these things if you're just, you know, kind of a low-key witch is to literally just write down the qualities. If we're talking about manifesting a friend, write down the qualities that you want this friend to possess. You can have them in your phone. A lot of witches believe that there is power in actual handwriting. It's one of the few things, um, along with our bodily fluids and our hair, that inherently contains our energy. And so there is something really powerful about handwriting information that you want to bring into being. But I like to keep information on my phone because we use our phones so much. They're so close to us physically. We pretty much always have them on us. They're little portals of energy. And so I find it really powerful to create magical notes in my phone to, um, you know, remind me. And then that way you have easy access. You can, you can see them all the time. You can access them anywhere that you are. And so I think it's really powerful to make magical lists on your phone. So that's a good idea too. Or you could do both, honestly. But it's a good idea to make a list of all the qualities that you want any new friends or friendships to um, possess. And you can also get really specific about how you want these friendships to feel and how you want these friendships to allow you to feel and allow you to be. What stories you want these friendships to reinforce for you about yourself. These are all really powerful things to think about when we're trying to manifest specific people. So I, I definitely recommend going there and considering that. But I do recommend just like making it fun, burn a candle, maybe burn some incense, smudge the space, and then sit down and write about this. Write about the kind of friendship that you want and also um, the things that you want to do with this person. Is this someone that you grab drinks with? Is this someone that you go on trips and vacations with? Is this someone that you just sort of call to vent about your day? And by the way, the new moon in Gemini is a better time not to manifest, again, these gooey like soulmate friendships where, you know, you share your deepest, darkest secrets type of thing. It's really more conducive to manifesting friendships that are mercurial in nature, friendships where there is a strong intellectual um, bond, where there is a lot of mental compatibility and where the two of you might be really like-minded, have a lot of things in common, um, conversation flows really easily between the two of you. 
and you're both just really mentally stimulated by the friendship. That's really the best kind of friendship to manifest during the Gemini new moon. And again, for the more intimate connections, that really is later in the zodiac with, um, I would say, probably the Pisces new moon is best for that. Libra new moon too is can be really good for manifesting all different kinds of relationships. So that can happen later, but I think the Gemini new moon is really best for manifesting like casual, low-key friendships where, again, maybe you go get drinks with this person, like obviously not right now, but you know, when bars open, um, maybe you call this person to talk about how work went. Maybe you just have lunch once a month with this person and catch up and they just sort of ground you and give you powerful insights and perspectives about your life. Maybe this is your new bestie and you spend every single night together and you end up moving in together and doing grocery shopping together and just like spending your whole life laughing together, you know? So really thinking about what you want the friendship to offer you, what you plan to bring to the friendship and how you want the friendship above all else to make you feel and what parts of yourself you hope your, the friendship will help you to access. These are all really powerful focus points. And then the Gemini new moon is a really powerful time to smudge or cleanse and bless your phone. And I really recommend doing that on the Gemini new moon. And again, as I was just saying, our, our cell phones really are um, portals of energy and they're really, really powerful. And especially now that we're sheltered in place and we're not physically seeing people, our cell phones are the primary way that we're communicating right now. They're the primary way that information is coming in and out. And so it's really important that we keep these portals nice and clear. And there's lots of different ways to do that. If you are someone who likes scent and you're comfortable with smoke, you can smudge your phone by lighting a smudge stick and passing your phone through the smoke. You could also light a stick of incense and do the same thing. If you're not super into smoke or scent, you can also use um, crystals to cleanse your phone. And there's a lot of different crystals you can use for this, but I guess probably the best just kind of all-purpose clearing crystal is selenite, which thankfully is pretty affordable. You can get it anywhere. It um, forms in sticks a lot of the times. So you can get like a nice big stick of selenite and actually put that on top of your phone. Um, but they also sell selenite as tumbled stones as well. So you can also just place that on your phone directly and you can just leave it on your phone for a couple minutes or more ideally, you could just set it on top of your phone while it charges, or you can leave it on your phone overnight while you sleep or something like that. Obviously I would say the longer, the better, but kyanite is another really powerful clearing tool. And when in doubt, you can always just use clear quartz for something like that too. I also really like black tourmaline if you really want to um, absorb any negative vibrations that you're concerned that your phone is holding on to. I don't necessarily like the word negative vibrations, but lower vibrations. Maybe you had a fight with someone via your phone or you saw something on your phone on social media that really upset you. If there's some sort of an energetic stickiness that you're associating with your phone, um, black tourmaline is going to be really powerful to absorb that and clear it up. So anyway, just choosing the crystal that's best. But as I said, if you're just kind of doing a general cleanse, I would probably recommend selenite as the most effective tool for that. 
And then you can also, if you don't have any of these tools and you're not really looking to invest in them, you could also clear your phone just using a simple visualization technique and using um, color. So just holding your phone in your hands, just visualize a light emanating from your palms and circling your phone and just hold your phone in that cloud of light for as long as you realistically can, whether it be a couple seconds or a couple minutes, depending obviously on your visualization skills. And the color of this light can be anything that you want. It doesn't have to be white. For me personally, I love the color pale pink. And that to me just feels like a really powerful clearing color. And so I usually use that color when I'm clearing something using visualization. But you can use whatever your favorite color is, or if you don't necessarily have a favorite color, or you don't know what that would be, just use white. That's obviously just always a good purpose um, blessing color that most of us associate with higher energies. But if you do have a favorite color or a color that particularly resonates with you as being of a higher vibration, then definitely use that color and just hold your phone in that um, beam of light emanating that color for as long as you can. And then imagine your phone just kind of absorbing that color. And imagine it just being completely cleared and feeling better in your hands. And that can be a really powerful clearing ritual as well. But I definitely recommend doing some sort of clearing ritual for your phone um, because, again, this is just such an important communication technology, especially now. So it's very important to um, do that. So another way to honor the Gemini new moon in any ritual or spell work that you may be planning to conduct is to honor the air element and there's lots of relatively non-witchy ways that you can do this, but a few witchy ones. If you're planning on doing any sort of a new moon ritual, facing east is a good way to tap into the element of air and to invite air beings into your space. And a lot of witches do face east anyway during their rituals. Um, east is a very sacred direction. But this is a really good um, direction to face, especially if you're working any sort of magic or spell work around anything air-themed, so communication or um, intellect or the mind, anything such as that, anything mercurial. East is a really good direction to face. You can also use images of birds, which are powerful um, spirit animals of the air element. You can use feathers in your ritual. Uh, most witches do have turkey feathers on hand because they're so powerfully cleansing. Obviously, just make sure that they are ethically sourced. But even placing that on your altar is kind of an immediate offering to the air element. Working with devas and nature spirits that are winged um, is really powerful also to invoke the air element. And these beings are especially around us now as the veil is still pretty thin from Beltane on May 1st. And it's that time of year, it's spring, so they're a little bit more interested in hanging out here on the earth plane than usual. So um, a lot of times they are willing to join us and conduct spell work with us. So feel free to invite them into your rituals as well. And um, obviously burning incense too is a really powerful way to offer a um, blessing to the air element while you're doing ritual. Um, but then the other way, non-witchy, to connect to the air element is just to get outside. And what's really nice is that unlike water or fire, um, air is an element that we are always connected to if we're breathing. And so even if you're not outside, even if you're indoors, just thinking about your breath, getting more conscious about your breath, 
taking more intentional breaths is a really powerful way to connect to the air element literally at any time and outside of ritual space. And then being outside, getting really in touch with the breeze and the wind is another really powerful way to connect to the air element. And these are all really powerful ways to do that. Now, the crystals that I recommend working with for the Gemini new moon and the Gemini moon cycle are going to be throat chakra stones for helping you to speak your authentic truth. And because Venus is also currently moving retrograde in the sign of Gemini, the two crystals that I'm especially recommending for this particular Gemini moon cycle are aquamarine and amazonite. And the reason that I'm recommending these two above all else is that they simultaneously work with the throat and heart chakras. And so they help us to listen with more um, compassion. And they also help us to speak what is authentically on not only our mind, but on our heart. And so these are going to be really powerful um, healers for the Venus retrograde and Gemini vibes, which might make communication difficult in our romantic relationships that we may be involved in. So carry those with you for the next couple of weeks. And I also recommend really any throat chakra stone to um, a couple others that are coming to mind include blue lace agate, sodalite, blue calcite, uh, blue chalcedony. And actually lapis lazuli is another really good stone for the throat chakra. And especially if you're setting intentions around being a more socially graceful person or a more socially um, easeful, comfortable, charming person, lapis lazuli is great for that because it attracts recognition and success. And it also just helps us to feel sovereign and empowered and confident. So in addition to stimulating the throat chakra and enhancing effective communication, it really just boosts those confidence vibes. And so it's a really good talisman to work with throughout the Gemini moon cycle, especially, as I said, if you're trying to combat social anxiety or anything like that. And by the way, um, not only formal ritual, but the Gemini new moon and Gemini moon cycle is a really good time to uh, release any old limiting beliefs that you may have around yourself as a social being. I know that a lot of us tell ourselves that we are not socially graceful. A lot of us tell ourselves that we have social anxiety or that we are socially awkward. And I know that some of us genuinely do have some serious uh, social insecurities that may make social settings especially challenging so I'm not doubting that but I do think that telling ourselves that story that we are somehow um, socially um, less qualified than other people is not really helping the situation so really try switching up your beliefs around that so switching up the beliefs around how other people perceive you and how you perceive yourself and how you feel when you are in social situations. This is a really powerful time to just take that into account and maybe shift any outdated stories that are keeping you in kind of a socially awkward place. Now, the last thing I want to talk about with the Gemini new moon and the Gemini moon cycle is um, the card that I pulled for us for the next four weeks, which is really exciting. Now, sometimes this is going to be a whole episode in and of itself, but because of the card that I pulled, to be honest, this is a card that I'm still kind of becoming acquainted, acquainted with. And now if you yourself have an active tarot practice, then you know that there's some cards that you just feel so connected to. You know exactly how they show up for you. You have a really close relationship to them. And I would say for me, Nine of Wands is like that. Nine of Wands is the only card so far that I've 
uh, dived really deeply into in this podcast. But the card that I pulled for us for the Gemini moon cycle is not a card that I feel I have a really strong relationship with. I did just pull it for myself somewhat recently, actually as my card, one of my three personal cards for the Taurus moon cycle, but it's not a card that I know so well that I'm comfortable doing a full like hour-long immersion dedicated to it. So um, I just thought I'd squeeze that into this episode and chat with you a little bit about it through the lens especially of Gemini. So the card that I pulled for us is the Knight of Wands. And the Knight of Wands is a powerful card for Gemini because... Even though the traditional tarot association with the sign of Gemini is the lovers of the major arcana, I think that the knights of the tarot are very Gemini in nature. And this is because the knights of the tarot are all about how we move around in the world, how we embody different energies, what we bring to a space, how we conduct and carry ourselves as we go through life and face challenges and interact with other people and engage with our environments. And so it was really powerful, I think, to pull a night for Gemini season and the Gemini moon cycle. Now, a lot of more traditional tarot readers associate knights and really all the court cards, including pages, um, kings and queens, as well as the knights, with other people coming in. And in my personal tarot practice, which is heavily influenced by Lindsay Mack, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Now, I don't think, as Lindsay Mack does, that knights and any of the court cards are never other people, but I think that they're more or less pretty much never people, if that other people. I feel like we all embody the court cards in ourselves. We're not just inherently you know, a queen of cups figure or a queen of pentacles figure where we always are represented by that tarot card. I think that we pass through seasons of our lives where we identify with a particular card. And also the court cards, even though they do often depict people that are of a particular physical gender, um, they really have nothing to do with gender. I personally, as a very feminine, female-bodied, female-identified babe, am passing through a Knight of Wands season of my life right now as I'm coming out of the Taurus New Moon uh, cycle, and the Knight of Wands is one of the cards that I pulled as being my medicine for that period of time. I'm in a Knight of Wands period. And so it has nothing to do with gender. People of all gender gender identities and um, physicalities can and do embody and contain within them all of the archetypes of the tarot, including the court cards and also beyond. So I really don't see, like a lot of times, you know, a traditional interpretation of the Knight of Wands would be, oh, a sexy um, fire signed young man is coming into your life to sweep you off your feet. And well, I absolutely hope that that happens for you because I love a sexy fire signed young man as much as the next witch. I also feel like you are probably embodying the Knight of Wands in your own life right now. And the Knight of Wands is extremely powerful because he's basically just all about the pursuit of pleasure and he's all about pursuing what sparks us up. And what I talked about in the episode dedicated to the Nine of Wands, which I pulled for all of us collectively for the Taurus moon cycle, I talked about the fact that the one suit in particular among the minor arcana um, is really unique because it's going to manifest and interact with each and every one of us so differently because our inner flames all look so different. And the Knight of Wands is also no exception. So the Knight of Wands will look very different to me 
than he will to you. But basically, he comes bearing the message that it's time to shamelessly pursue pleasure and to follow the things that spark us up and not care what anybody thinks and not shrink for others and not be self-conscious. And when I pulled the Knight of Wands for myself on the Taurus New Moon, that to me felt like a green light to start this podcast. Because of course I was a little bit nervous. I feel like, you know, it's scary to make any sort of a contribution, even a relatively minor one, and just put your voice out there and talk about something that at one point, you know, people died over and it was so shrouded in secrecy because it was not safe to talk about, such as witchcraft and astrology and everything else that we discuss in this podcast. And so there was some fear, there was some insecurity, and pulling the Knight of Wands just made me realize that if it feels good, it can't possibly be wrong. And I love recording this podcast. I have so much fun. And I literally started this podcast knowing that it was very possible that no one would like it or listen to it. And the thing is that I don't really care. (laughs) So yeah, there's that. And that's very Knight of Wands, just doing something because it feels good and because it lights us up and it really engages us with our inner fire and it lights up our inner fire in a way that's really pleasant. My mom was just saying to me yesterday, she's a Capricorn sun woman. She was saying to me that few things bring her more joy than um, growing things because she was potting her uh, flowers And she was just saying how much she loves being outside. She's also a Sag moon. So truly, she, as a Capricorn sun, loves having her hands in dirt. But as a Sag moon, she loves being outside in the open, breathing fresh air. That to her is just the epitome of happiness. And for me, the epitome of happiness is sharing information because I'm that double air sign. So I love to write. I love to read. I love to record this podcast. For me, it's all about the mental plane. That really brings me a lot of joy. My sister is a Capricorn sun, Aries moon, and she's really passionate about cooking. That's something that brings her a lot of joy, writing recipes and creating menus, even if no one ever sees them or orders off of them and going in the kitchen and executing them. That brings her so much joy. And for you, it could be painting. It could be going for long walks. It could be redecorating your apartment. Although don't forget it's Venus retrograde. So I don't recommend making any massive changes that you can't reverse or making any really big investments for your apartment. But you know what I mean. We're all different with what really sparks us up and makes us feel good. And not only are we different from one another, but we also go through different seasons of our lives where different things spark us up and make us feel good. We might go through a season where the idea of painting actually sounds really stressful and uninspiring, and that's fine. We're just going through a season where that's not our that's not our medicine. And then we go through a season where we're so lit up by the act of painting. And again, same thing with anything, with planting, with recording a podcast, with writing, with cooking. We might go through a season where something else is sparking us up. But the Knight of Wands is all about just basically boldly and unapologetically pursuing whatever it is that's making us feel good. And I think that's especially important in the time of shelter in place because a lot of us have kind of abandoned pleasure and that makes sense. You know, a lot of us are really afraid and anxious and it can be really hard to access pleasure to think about ourselves as vivacious and vibrant beings when we're really just in a state of um, survival mode. But it really is time, says the Knight of Wands, in the Gemini moon cycle to 
let ourselves be sparked up, whether this is from a hobby or a skill set or something that we do, a project that we initiate. Maybe it's even a relationship that's sparking you up. Or, you know, it could be any number of things. Basically, the Knight of Wands is just an energy that is really confident and really dedicated to feeling good, feeling alive, feeling sexual, feeling passionate. And these are all energies that are especially available to us to engage with throughout the course of the um, Gemini moon cycle. And if there is anything, by the way, that you've been wanting to start, but you've been a little too shy or nervous or insecure, or you keep second guessing yourself, the Knight of Wands is a really good omen that this is definitely time to do it. The Gemini new moon is end moon cycle, so the next four weeks, starting this Friday, is going to be a really powerful time to um, follow your dreams. And again, just allowing anytime anything feels good in your belly, anytime anything sparks joy, arouses your passion or your sexuality or your vivaciousness, keep doing that. That's a clear green light. So that's a way that you can kind of know for the next four weeks if you're on the right path, paying attention to just those sensations in your belly and what's sparking you up, what's making you feel alive, what's making you feel confident and sexy. Chase that feeling because it's it's there and it's not going to lead you astray. That's a really good um, guide for you for the Gemini moon cycle for all of us collectively. So I think that's a really fun card. So I just wanted to share that wisdom with you as well. So I think that's everything I wanted to say about the um, Gemini new moon and the Gemini moon cycle, but I hope that this episode was helpful for you and I hope that you're excited for the impending moon cycle. I hope that there's a lot of really positive changes. Um, I am tentatively optimistic, although um, I'm not really sure what this next four weeks is going to bring, but we will see together. Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy the new moon in Gemini, however you decide to celebrate or whether or not you decide to celebrate. And I will chat with you very shortly. Take care.